0: David's Boye. I am recording this message to try and appeal to um, members of the Lighthouse Digital Church from wherever you are. If you have been blessed by our message or you have listened to any of our messages before, or maybe you're stumbling on our channel and you are seeing this video for the first time, I'm recording this to try and seek an appeal from you that in the church we are raising money for those who have been affected by uh, the earthquake issue in in, in in town between the border of Syria and Turkey as I last count that I checked, over 20,000 people have died, people who slept one night and by the next time they woke up in on the other side you know, uh, there were children being pulled out of the rubble 2 year old children 8 year old children there was a particular incident of a child who had to drink his own urine for many days to survive. These were people or these are people who did not plan for that. There was no reckoning in their booking on, the, on January the first this year that said, you know what, I'm just going <laughs> to want an article to wipe off my family. You know, So we're appealing to you to donate whatever God is in your heart to give. The Lighthouse Church is partner with it's going, to, it's going to partner with the Red Cross and DEC um, uh, uh, to try and you know give this fund that we're raising and give it to this uh, charity organization that on ground in Turkey to try and help people that have been displaced. So again, so if God is leading your heart to give, you will see the account number on the screen. Do give to the cause. Everything will be transparent. You can also go and give on the website. We're going to have a page on the website up and running. If it's not up and running now, it's going to be up and running in the near future. uh, When you have a moment, God, pray, as you are proposing your heart. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, but uh, but give as you propose in your heart. If it's five pounds that you can give, it's ten pounds you can give, we're going to put all that together and send out to these charities, and then we'll let you know how your money is dispersed. God bless you as you do that. hallelujah father we just want to thank you for the gift of life thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your loving kindness thank you almighty god that you are god of purpose a god of focus a god of tenacity you are god who never reneges on your promise you are god who keeps promises you are god who is so focused on the outcome that which you desire that almighty god you move everything to make it happen Therefore, we thank you, O Lord, Almighty God, for your purpose and plan for us this year. In the Lighthouse, you told us this is the year of stability and prosperity. And therefore, we thank you, O Lord, for how you have begun with us. Thank you for the testimonies we have received from some of our members already. Thank you for those who are going to have testimonies even the rest of this year. Lord, as we put to use what you are teaching us, Lord, we just want to thank you, Almighty God, that your word never falls to the ground. Thank you for what you are going to do. Lord, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. This morning, I pray that your name will be glorified in the midst of your people, that your people will be edified, and that only you and only you alone will be glorified. I decree over this service, clarity. I decree over this service, focus. I pray against every spirit of distraction in the name of Jesus, and I declare by the unction of the Holy Ghost that today is going to be a great day. In Jesus' name, we pray amen 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 hallelujah praise god welcome to church today i'm talking about part two of what i said last week here comes the dreamer here comes the dreamer and we got this text from genesis chapter 37 verse 12 when the bible says that the brothers of joseph said to joseph well said behind joseph's behind joseph uh they said behind his back uh, these words, whilst they saw him move, coming from afar, they said, And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Or, here comes the dreamer. Today, I'm talking about, here comes a dreamer. Vision lessons from the life of Joseph. Vision lessons from the life of Joseph. Now, you know that Joseph, some of you, if not all of you, may have heard the story about Joseph. The boy that the father sewed the clothes of many colors because the father loved him and the father made a mistake by loving him and by showing professional treatment uh, to, uh about joseph uh showing that uh to his brothers so they hated him they hated him because the father loved him and the father showed that he loved him above his brothers so they hated him and then joseph then had started having these dreams about his future about how god is going to make him a great man about how his brothers are going to have to come and bow down to the earth to him you know and um you know, you might you might um, not see what the brothers saw. You know, the brothers possibly had a right to be offended. Like, who do you think you are? Why do you think um, you, you're going to rule over us? Who, where are you coming from? You know, they had this hunger because he was sharing his dream with them. All right. But obviously, they took it too far because ultimately, they decided to kill him. <laughs> they said, you know what? You cannot rule over us. We're just going to kill you. All right. And that's what led us to the story about Joseph. What can we learn from Joseph? You may have heard about Joseph as a as a boy, who was, God, who was favored by his by his father, hated by his brothers, and who's got dreams and vision that God has shown you about greatness. But do you know there are things that Joseph had to do along the way to cooperate with God, which is part of what I'm going to be sharing over the next couple of weeks. the The vision lessons that I learned from the life of Joseph. All right. So a bit of recap from last week. Lesson number one that's number one that we learned last week was number one that your vision for your life may be challenged by people closest to you they will say to you stop dreaming or stop building castle in the air ignore them ignore them why god did not show your vision to them therefore you do not need their approval you don't need the approval of your friends you don't need the approval even of your parents for the vision that god has shown you god has shown you the vision god did not show the vision to them he showed the vision to you therefore you don't need anybody's approval should i do this should i do that that's what we spoke about that's vision lesson number one vision lesson number two is people may mock you behind your back people may mock you behind your back like the brother here says in genesis chapter 7 verse 19 behold the dr- this dreamer cometh. look at him he's always dreaming he's coming now he's dreaming they are doing this out of envy because why? You have chosen to follow your future or you have chosen to speak about your future of what God has called you to do, what God is laying in your heart. I don't know whether you've heard about this thing called the herd effect. H-E-R-D or maybe the cattle effect. The herd effect goes this way. If you have a, a, a pack of animals, you know, Let's say grazing in the field, a pack of cattle, a pack of, you know, uh, animals grazing in the field, and they are eating from the, this part of the field. All of a sudden, if one of the the one of the cattle or one of the sheep decide to go to another side to break free from the group, the group literally pulls that sheep back. Or you might find um, you might find, and I I'm a little bit done where you know you put animals in the in the pit. in a pit and maybe it's filled with water and they're trying to, they're scrambling to get out. As one is trying to get out, to leave this cesspool behind, the others pulled the one down. Why? It's called the herd effect. The herd effect manifests itself in this way, where you are among a group of friends, maybe you all grew up together, you do things together. All of a sudden, you start to to advance in life and they they do all they, they can to pull you back. they how, by speaking behind your back, by disdaining what God has done for you, by talking down on your dreams. So at times, where people who talk down on dreams, you know, I, I don't think they they meant evil. I think it's just the human nature where we feel that um, we're being left behind. You know what I mean? Um, if others are succeeding and we're not, and this concept of others su- others other, others succeeding and we're not. Actually, is a construct that comes from the mindset of lack. It's a construct that comes from the mindset of lack. Let me paint a scenario for you that will help. Suppose you woke up in the morning, you wake up in the morning, I mean, this morning when you woke up, right? You took a deep breath of hair. And you're breathing, you're breathing, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Has it ever occurred to you while you're breathing and breathing out that the hair will not be enough. I don't think so. And this one thing that my my, <laughs> my child told, my daughter told me, my last child told me, uh, some years back. You know, when I was teaching her about a bonus mindset, and she was saying, mm, actually, nobody ever wakes up in the morning and, and feels, well, I better pack all the hair I can pack today and hold them in my in my lungs, because there's not enough hair to go around. We will never think like that. Nobody has ever woke up in the morning and say, actually, the hair that is the hair that is blowing around today will not be enough. I, beg, I better go and grab some and keep them in, in my in my in my pantry somewhere. You will never think like that. Why? Because that is just ridiculous. The hair will never will never will never not be enough. There's more than enough in the world to go around. But you know, when we talk about hair, you might think this is limited just the hair that you breathe. Do you know this concept of an abundance earth that we live in applies to every area of life, which means that the the God who created the universe created it to be inhabited. That's what the Bible says, that the God who created the earth created the earth to be inhabited. And when he created the earth to be inhabited, it means he wants the earth to be every emptiness to be filled up. And therefore, there's more than enough resources on this earth to make everybody a millionaire. There's more than enough. There's more than enough money, more than enough resources, mineral resources. There's more than enough on this earth to make everybody a millionaire. Yeah. So nobody should ever have to live and die poor. I didn't. Nobody should. But people are living and dying poor every day. Why? Because we have bought into the mindset of lack. We have bought into this construct of lack that says there's not enough to go around. And when you think that it's not enough to go around, I want to ask you a question. What is the predominant emotion you carry? You start to hoard things. You become a hoarder. That's the reason why you see somebody somebody, uh, gets into public office and they embezzle money. Keep money under the mattress. Keep money under the bed. Dig holes in the ground and keep money there. Because they thought it's going to run out. A person who embezzles money who keeps money like that, is actually poor without knowing that he's poor because the person is working from a premise of lack. A lack mindset a lack mindset. will make us to think that the resources of this world is not enough. So when you tell your vision to other people and they begin to envy you and say, oh, look at this dreamer coming, this dreamer, look at this dreamer who is coming, look at this dreamer who is coming, that statement is coming from a place where they think What you are going to get, they cannot get. Therefore, you are going to get all the blessing in the world and they will get none. All right, And because of that, they envy you. Envy and jealousy is nothing short of a life of ignorance. A person who is ignorant of the blessing of God is a person who lives in, who who, 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 um, allows envy and jealousy to redo your heart. If you know that there is more than enough to go around and that you have a fighting chance in life to get what the other person got. Why do you have to be envious of anyone? I was telling my wife yesterday morning, I was saying to her, I said, the vision in her heart and the vision in somebody else's heart is different, which means there's no competition for what you want. I'll say that again. There's no competition for what you want and what is truly yours. Why? Because what you want is not what I want. Therefore, he, 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 joseph joseph telling his brothers about his vision ideally should not make them feel oh that means we, we won't have enough or that means we're not going to amount to anything ourselves that means you're going to be the big dog and then we are nothing no if you have the mindset if you know that each one of us is an original each one of us has been created by god to fulfill a a place in life and the place in life that you're fulfilling does not make you less of another person who is fulfilling another place. You know, we measure greatness differently from the way God measures greatness. Let me show you, let me talk about vision lesson number three, and then you see what I'm talking about. In Genesis chapter 39, chapter 39, I believe it's in verse 2. I will go back to, to, to there. The Bible says, let's start from verse 31. The Bible says, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelite, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. The Bible here says, Joseph was declared by God to be prosperous as a slave. This Joseph here, at this point in his life, didn't hold a dime. Didn't hone a dime, rather he didn't hone a dime. He didn't have any money. The cloth that the father sold for him, sold so for him the, the cloth that the father made for him to be the cloth of many colors, the, the pride of his life, was taken away from him by his brothers because of envy. When they saw him coming from afar off in that Genesis verse thirty-seven, and they said, "Behold, the dreamer comet," they said something in verse twenty. They said, "Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into into some pit." And we say some evil beasts are devoured him, and we shall see what will happen, what will become of his dreams. They they wanted to sabotage the dream that God gave him. They said, Let us kill him. One of his one of their brothers, Reuben, says so, let's not kill him. Why why, why should we have the, the blood of our brothers in our hands? Let's just throw him into the pit. So they threw Joseph into the pit. And after a while, somebody said, Why do we need to kill our brother? You know what? Why do we need to kill our brother? Why don't we just sell him? Sell him as a slave to some. Guys, some random guys who were just going down to Egypt. And those guys bought Joseph as a slave. And they then brought him to Egypt. So the brothers thought they were sabotaging the vision of Joseph by selling him as a slave. They took dignity away from him. They took honor away from him. They took the pride that he, he, he had whilst he was his father's son away from him. And he was sold as a common slave to a foreigner who put him on, a, on an auction block and they had to buy him at an auction block to become a slave of a man named potiphar now whilst joseph was standing on that auction block devoid of any clothing on his backs he was probably was just there in his boxer shorts, right N- naked except his boxer shorts and potiphar and all the different um uh, um, uh, officers of pharaoh right were possibly casting lots if you've ever been to an auction house you know they'll put something that they wanted to auction on the table and everybody will be bidding for that thing based on the value that they place on that thing and the person with the highest bidder wins that's what happened to joseph joseph was placed on an auction block And the officers of Pharaoh started bidding for him. This one might be, you know, $5. This one might be $10. This one might be $20, $100, $1,000. You know, they bid it for Joseph. Just imagine, bidding for a whole human being. And Joseph was bought by this man named Potiphar. And the Bible here says in Genesis 39 verse 1, Joseph was, was brought down to Egypt and potiphar an officer of pharaoh captain of the guard an egyptian bought him of the hands of the ishmaelite which had brought him down theda and the lord was with joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the egyptian that statement the lord was with joseph the lord was with joseph you know The Bible said the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. So, vision number three here is this. True prosperity is knowing that God is with you. True prosperity, therefore, is keeping the vision that God has for you alive in your heart. Whilst Joseph was there on the auction block, block, he never forgot the dream that God gave him. He never forgot that God told him one day that, you know, the sun and the moon would bow to him. But in the natural, while he was standing there on the auction block, it doesn't look as if that dream is going to come to pass. True prosperity is not wealth itself. True prosperity is to know that you have the favor of God, the anointing of God, and the power of God that is at work in your life to obtain it. So the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph." The lord was with joseph so if somebody says to you oh look at you now you are not prosperous you know where you are right now may i say to you you are prosperous as long as you know that god is with you the person who believes who knows who carries a consciousness that of of the presence of god is a prosperous person so god word here declared that joseph was prosperous this was at a time in his life when he was serving as a slave he was in the auction blood and block and god says this is a prosperous man his brothers had sold him into slavery they had told his father that he had died he was no longer the well-dressed wealthy favorite son uh, of jacob this is joseph on an auction block in a foreign land, strip of everything, including his clothes. Now, here's what I want you to see: the way God thinks. You know, Potiphar possibly was a rich man. Is one of the is the captain of the guard. If he's not rich, at least he has somebody who is well up in this in their society, right? With all of the extravagance of 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 Potiphar, with all of the Appurtenances surrounding him with all the the paraphernalia of wealth that he may have. God never said Potiphar was prosperous, God said Joseph, who had nothing, was prosperous. In fact, if you go to verse 3, verse 3 says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. This blessed me so much, it means that based on the vision that God has given to Joseph based on the fact that God has declared over him that, you know, he's going to make the sun, the moon, to, to bow before him, without any physical manifestation yet, God still declares that Joseph was prosperous. So prosperity, in its, in its truest sense, is to know what God has declared over your life and to carry a consciousness of it and to ensure that that consciousness that of what God has called you, you know, um, characterizes what you do how you behave how you carry yourself when you have this consciousness and you carry this consciousness the people around you will see that the lord was with you and they will see that everything you do god will make to prosper so vision number three therefore is to know that true prosperity is not the wealth in itself but that god is with you that the favor the anointing the power of god is working in your life so that you can obtain it in deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 the bible says you shall remember the lord your god why should you remember the lord your god for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth why that he may establish his covenant the reason why god gives you the power the grace the enablement to get wealth is so that god himself may establish his covenant it's because of the covenant that god wants you to, wants to give you the power to get wealth so god is saying to you remember that god remember that god who has the power who can give you the power to get wealth why is he giving you the power to get wealth so that god himself can establish his covenant. Joseph believed that he was prosperous because he knew that prosperity came from God, not man. He had an image on the inside that was not affected by circumstance and this image on the inside enabled Joseph to operate in faith. Instead of leaking his wounds and complaining, Joseph served others and a wholeheartedly to their needs. And he diligently labored. As he diligently labored, God blessed the work of his hand. I want you to look at verse 3. The Bible and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. What if Joseph didn't have anything to do? He has a blank hand. What will God bless? I have said this over and over. God does not bless laziness. God does not bless what? Laziness. God said, jesus christ himself said my father walketh ether to, also i walk that's what jesus christ said in the gospel in the gospels my father walketh that is god the father is still walking today i know i know i know genesis chapter one says he rested after the seven days of creation but god is still walking his walk his walk or his words is still active today to produce in our lives if you say god has rested from all his work and god is not working at all then when you pray that prayer is not going to get answered but when you pray and god shows up in your life it's because he has set those things in motion that self perpetuate if you follow the principles behind what he has set in place those things will self-perpetuate they will continue to work that's the way god has made it so for example god set the sun in place to give uh to give the day light that's what god did yeah god did that work once right god did that work once but do you know the sun never fails to show up when it's meant to show up why because the sun follows the ordinance that god has set in place another example the law of sowing and reaping or the law of harvest you sow at a particular point in time you harvest at a particular point in time god ordained it like that it was just by the spoken word of god god declared that um you know uh, that um, harvest time seed time and harvest will never cease this is what god told noah new Genesis. after the the, the the flood receded and god made a new covenant with noah god said seed time and harvest will never cease that's a word pronounced by god but that word is still in effect today that's why i meant by god is still working which means if you follow what god has said if you follow the principles that god has set in place the finished work that god has done will become active in your life will become operational in your life always remember it is about understanding what god has done what god has done when you understand the principles that god have, that god has put in place and you cooperate with those principles then it will work for you it will work for you all right so we see here that the bible here says the lord made all that he did to prosper that brings me to a very valid point which is about work about work <laughs> walk is a channel through which god uses to bless us walk is a channel through which god uses to bless us the bible says he that does not walk must not eat which means you are there you say, i don't want to work. god is blessing god is going to bless me because he's going to bring money from, god is, bring money from god is going to bring money from down from the sky you're joking you're joking because god blesses the work of our hands If you go to Psalm one, I want to show you something. Psalm one, Psalm one. My guys will bring it up. Psalm one. I want to show you something about the value of work. Okay. The Bible here says in verse one, Psalm one, verse one, blessed is the man or woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But the light is in the law of the Lord, and is in his law that he meditate day and night. So this person is filled his mind with the truth about God, about what God has done, about what God has made available. The Bible says the person who behaves like this, who allows his mind to meditate upon the principles of God, the tenets of God, these infallible principles of God, if you allow your mind to meditate on them to understand the nuances in those principles so for example sit and harvest you sit down and meditate on what it means what is sit and harvest what does it mean it means that if i sow, there will be a time when i'm going to harvest you know you meditate on that but if you allow your heart to meditate on the tenet of god on the laws of god on the principles that god has put in place then what will happen you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leave also shall not wither. But where I'm going is this. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. You see the value of work. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. So what if he doesn't do anything? Whatsoever he does not do, will not prosper. Essentially, whatsoever he does not do, if he does not do, there cannot be prosperity. The work we do is the channel through which god uses to bless us it doesn't matter whether it's a big work or small work or tiny work be diligent in the work you have been given then the blessing of god will come upon it he says here meditate let your mind understand the principles of god understand principles of god sita manavis for example understand that understand that that's an unfailing law of life understand that every seed produces after its kind when you plant a seed that's it will produce after his kind understand that when you understand this and you meditate on that when you meditate on those truths of the tenets and the principles and the laws of god those tenets and principles and laws of god will paint pictures in your heart which open your eyes to see how god functions how god has ordained things to work how god has made things to put to place then begin to walk in tandem with the principle of god as you allow yourself to align with the principles of god because when you do that the Bible says you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of, of water which means when you understand the principles of god and you allow yourself to walk with the principles of god and you allow that to direct and shape your life then your life will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water which means in every season of your life whether you're 30 40 50 60 70 doesn't matter what how old you are you can be fruitful you you'll be fruitful in every season that you find yourself if you understand the tenets, the principles and the laws of God that God has put in place. You know there's a book I, I, I'm, I'm meant to release. I, by the grace of God, I'm going to release it this year. It's called "The Laws of Creation," and it's based on what I learned from Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter one and two. and it talks about these are things that God has put in place when He was creating the world, and these things work, whether you are born again or you're not born again. An example there is this: every seed produces after its kind. If you spend time to only speak negative things over your life, over and over and over, and you're a sanctified child of God, but you end up just speaking rubbish out of your mouth, that seed of negative words will produce in your life negative things. In fact, every seed produced after is kind and more. Which means that when you plant a seed of corn, you'll get more than one corn when you want to harvest Why? Because the seed produces more of what it has been sown. So, that's the principle of God. That's an example of the principle of God. So, when you understand the principle of God, the principle around prosperity and success, for example, it will work in your life. Because when you understand it, you meditate on it. So, please, remember, you must meditate on these things. You must ponder them and say, how would this work in my life if it is true? How is it going to really work in my life? If this is really true, what does that really mean in practice? You meditate on that. When you meditate on that, God will show you what to do. Alright? And then you will be like the tree, planted by the rivers of water. And whatsoever you do, then shall prosper. So, you see, whatsoever you do shall prosper. So, there must be, God must have something to bless. You must have something in your hand that God can make to prosper. That's the value of work. Okay, let's go back again to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden. That's God, God himself. God is working. God planted a garden. My father, the husband, man, husband's man. God planted the garden, his word, in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. God planted the garden and put man there. But what did he ask man to do when he planted man there? Hold on, hold on. Look at what God did. Out of the ground made the Lord go to grow every tree that is present to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of the good and evil. So God put man in this garden that he planted and he made this garden to have to to have orchard right an orchard that's got beautiful things essentially in the garden that god put man everything that that man needed to survive to enjoy a delectable lifestyle a wonderful lifestyle god put in that garden not only that look at verse 10 and a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads god then caused a river (laughs) to furnish that garden god god planted the garden put the man in the garden God made the garden to have all the beautiful things that the garden could need or what the man would need for sustenance. Yeah? And then, God caused that garden to constantly be nourished. Now, look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The first work that God gave to man is resource management. Is what? Resource management. God gave the garden to him as a resource and asked him, now you go and dress it and keep it. That is work. That is work. So, work is not a curse. It is through the value of work that God is going to bless you. So, let's go back to Joseph. Joseph, Genesis 39, verse 3. His master saw that the Lord was with him. And not only that, the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. I think, I think I'm think i running out of time. And I've only covered one, one vision lesson. The vision lesson today, in, verse, in the third vision lesson here is, true prosperity is the Father God, the Lord is, it, is with you. That's the vision lesson, right? But you see, I'm honing in on the, the part of work here. For example, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. But look at the word and... And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Not only was the Lord with Joseph. Not only was the Lord with Joseph. God made all that he did to prosper. So what if Joseph was placed in that household of Potiphar. And he woke up late. He didn't do the work he was meant to do on time. He sleeps till like 12 o'clock in the morning. He was sloppy at his work. He wasn't dedicated. He wasn't diligent. He didn't show up on time. He was, um, you know, yeah. He he played truancy, for example, at work. The Lord was with him. But will he prosper? Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. God does not bless laziness. I'll say that again. If somebody is lazy, say, oh, God is going to bless me. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You've got to sit up and walk. The first job that God gave to Adam was resource management. So somebody is there and say, oh, I'm going to go to prayer meeting, you know, and spend the whole day praying, but you refuse to work. I say, oh, God is going to bless me. No, you're lying. You're joking. We have had people who have spent hours and hours in prayer meeting, do round but they refuse to work. And they say, oh, God is going to bless me. So it's a lie. If the blessing comes, it's going to come in trickles. But you see somebody here, and please listen to this carefully. You see somebody on this side who doesn't go to church. It's not even a believer, but it's diligent. Of course, doors are going to open. Why is that? Why is that? Show you in Genesis chapter 1. Remember, please, for the record, what I'm trying to say here is this. In Genesis chapter 1, I'm praying to God, God will give me the ability or the enabling to be able to write the book, and to, and The Laws of Creation. He's going, to be, he's going to bless you. See, in Genesis chapter 1, there was no sin in the world. Genesis chapter 2, there was no sin in the world. If you want to know the original intent of God, go to the beginning. Don't go to uh, Exodus and Malachi and all that stuff. Because that at that point in time, God was on a course correction process. If you want to know the original intent of God, The first two chapters of the Bible will tell you what God had in mind. And that eternal purpose. Remember the Bible says, whatever God has decreed from the hand it will always stand. The purpose of God shall he said, I will fulfill that which is which I have proposed. That's what God Himself said. Which means what God has decided to do, the wanted to do, planned to do, is in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. That's it. That's what he wanted to do. From Genesis chapter 3, what we see there is God now trying to redeem man after man has messed up. But Genesis chapter 1 verse two, to Genesis chapter 2 tells you the graphical story of the desire of God. Now, but in Genesis chapter 2, there we saw that God gave man everything that man needed. Which means your vision in your heart. God placed that vision in your heart, in the garden of your heart. And what you are meant to do in the garden of your heart is to nurture the vision. tend the vision. And everything you need for that garden, for that vision, to prosper, God has supplied. Because the Bible says in the garden, God made everything to rise up, the plant to come up, everything that is beautiful the sight. God made it to happen in the garden. And God even caused river to flow into the, that garden. God created the first irrigation system. And God made the garden to be, to be filled with that irrigation, the water, so that the place would be filled, will be to be a beautiful place. But the first job that God gave to Adam, was to dress and keep the land. I want you to understand that. So, now in Genesis chapter 1, remember there was no fault. The, There's no there was no sin in the world. That tells you for a fact, God says, "If I give you a garden, it is your job to till it and to keep it." Now, if an unbeliever decides to wake up on time and tills the ground and keeps the ground and then prospers, you but you spend the time going to church. Right? I spent hours and hours and hours in praying. You are meant to do your story when you are meant to do your So You didn't do it. You are meant to write your report when you are meant to write it you didn't write your report. You are hiding under religious activity. God cannot prosper that. Please, I want you to understand what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is, if somebody wakes up in the morning, they are diligent in their work. God is bound to bless them. By virtue of this Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Because that's the command that God gave to man. This was before the fall. So the least we can do is to be diligent. The least we can do is to be what? Is to be diligent. God gave man, dress it and keep it. But we know that man did not dress and keep it. Now I want to show you something before I go. If you go to verse 19. And out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the hair and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. This is where I'm going to end. Man had the first job that man had. When I say man, I'm talking human being. Is walk. Dress it and, and keep it. Then the second responsibility that God gave to man was to use authority. The use of words. The use of words to name things into existence. First, walk, walk, create, be a creator, be a creator. Whatever time that God has given you, take it, put it to use, make it to create. Number two, watch your words. Let your word create. Declare what you want in your life. How that makes sense? All right. So that's what we saw. So when we go to back to our our friend Joseph. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with you, which means you are already a prosperous person. But with the work you are doing, with the work you are doing, will it prosper? Well, be diligent in it. The Bible says God made all that he did to prosper in his hand. God made all that he did to prosper in his hand. I pray for you in the name of Jesus and I pray for myself that God will cause all that we do to prosper this year in the name of Jesus Christ. This year that God has declared the year of stability and prosperity. God will give you something to do with your own hands or it might be ideas that you sell. It might be creativity that you put to play at your workplace. I don't know what it is, but I want you to know that God has never sent anyone here without a talent, without a gift. There are gifts in you they are telling you that you have left on the shelf because you are waiting for your fat, your father's approver. You are waiting for your parents' approver. You are waiting for your siblings' approver. You are waiting for your friends' approver. You are waiting for those people that you hang out, possibly in school or possibly in the marketplace, to, to approve you. But God said, I already approved you. I place in your heart, in the garden of your heart, the gift that will make room for you. And I have supplied that gift from the time you were born up until now. I've supplied that gift with different things that I have brought into your life, so that you will know I am there, nourishing you and being there for you. But will you be like Adam, that I asked to till and keep the ground? Will you rise up now and put your talent to use? Will you rise up and put your talent to use so that this talent that you have, have given to you can touch lives, can bring glory to the name of God? Don't be like Adam who forgot to take care of the guardian later, and then the enemy came in and planted thought in the mind of his wife and caused problem for him. Father, I pray for your children even right now, as they are listening to this, that this message, Almighty God, will elicit a holy anger, a holy anger in someone this morning, That's that somebody will rise up and leave this session knowing fully with Almighty God, that... A person who is, not, who is not who is an unbeliever can prosper by being diligent. How, how much more those of us who have the covenant? The Bible says, you are the one who has given us the power to make wealth for your covenant's sake. The reason why we're having this wealth or this prosperity or the blessing is so that you can establish your covenant. Lord, therefore, I thank you, O Lord, because as many people come to the knowledge of the grace of God, knowledge of the goodness of God, as many people come into this space of abundance that you have, you've, you've earmarked for us, many a lot of us would then be able to fund the gospel, will be able to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice that we have our own Hollywood system set up in the body of Christ? Wouldn't it be nice that we have everything that the world has and we can do things that we need to do to the promotion of the kingdom? Wouldn't it be nice that the world comes to us to seek ideas? Wouldn't it be nice that we're the one leading the park in the world? Lord, that is your desire. You want us all to rise up on each of these mountains, Father, and dominate it. But we can only dominate it over when we learn the, the 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 truth of prosperity and the nugget that you have shown us in this in this world lord i therefore pray for myself and i pray for your your sons and daughters all over the world, those who are going to hear this later, that we may rise up. We may rise up, Almighty God, and be diligent. Diligent in the work you have given to us. We may rise up and, and be diligent in, the, in, the, in using our talent, in putting our talent out, in not being afraid, not being afraid of being labelled, in being bold to run the race that you've set before us in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for it. I thank you for it, Almighty God, that the vision is for an appointed time. It shall not tarry. It shall manifest. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Listen, if Joseph could do it, you can do it. You have the same power dwelling on the inside of you. The same power that raised your Christ from the dead, you have that living on the side of you. Do you know Joseph didn't have that power? Joseph did not have the power that you have. You have God Almighty living on the inside of you. How do you move from here? Begin to see yourself as God sees you. How? prosperous person regardless of your physical appearances or physical circumstances regardless of where you are right now begin right now to begin to see yourself as a prosperous person recognize and acknowledge the fact that God is with you God is for you God is in you recognize and accept the fact that, that you are anointed for the gift that you have been given recognize this truth that you are highly favored by God recognize this truth that it is when you take the gift that you have been given and you begin to serve other people with that gift that's when the law can begin to breathe on it you see nothing grows in isolation nothing grows in isolation so which means when you have a gift you have to serve the world with it. don't take your gift and put them on dig, dig the ground and put them in the ground like that unprofitable servant that's what the master told the servant when the servant came he said you are an unprofitable servant Why? Why was it called an unprofitable servant? Because he took the talent and buried it. May you not be one who buries your talent in the name of Jesus Christ. From today, make a decision. You will stop murmuring and complaining and be be envious or jealous of other people's progress. Mind your business. Put effort in the gift that God has given you. Grow that gift. Spend time in it. Build it up. Serve the world with it. As you serve the world with it, listen to me. God is going to begin to cause it to grow. At times, you see people who are doing very well. You say, wow, look at that guy. He plays very well. Do you know the amount of hours that person has put in sharpening his skills, in working on the gift? Nothing just shows up. God told Adam, till it and keep it. If you don't till the ground, you can't plant things in it that will work. If you don't keep the ground weeds will grow up and you can't have a good harvest so the tilling and the keeping are required your gift has been given to you in the garden of your life you need to take that gift till the ground and plant it you need to take that gift and take away every distraction every distraction from the vision that god has given to you take away distraction distraction represents the weeds that must be what kept away from your vision Are you you getting what I'm saying? Now, finally, I want to show something here that God showed me overnight. Overnight. God showed me something. I'm going to show that with you and then we'll finish from there. (laughs) You know God created us in his own image? In the image of God, created him male and female. Created he, us. He created us male and female in his own image. But the image of God, can you see? No. The image of God is not physical. It's spiritual. The image that god has created you is spiritual so which means whatever you need you need to have an image of it first in your mind and that image is not physical it's spiritual now question that god asked me the father it is spiritual the father it is in your imagination does it make it less real and the answer is no are we less real no is god less real no you have not seen god physically but god exists is everywhere so that imaginary god that you have not seen that you believe is is you believe exists is also saying to you he created things first by seeing them and then he called them out so when god said let us make man in our own image the image that god wanted to create man must already exist he knew he knew that image and then after he created man he brought us from the ground, made us like this, he breathed the breath of life into us and became a living soul. That is manifestation in reality. But the image precedes creation. The image precedes the molding of the man on the ground. The image precedes the, the breathing of, the, of, the, of, of, of his hair into the body of human. The image precedes creation. Please don't forget it. The image precedes creation. So your vision is an image in your heart. That vision that you can see as an image in your heart already exists in the realm of the spirit before it manifests in the physical. How do you manifest it? That's what I'm teaching here. Start to put yourself to work. God did not form Adam out of thin hair. God brought the sand and made Adam, you know, and used his own hands to form man. And then he breathes his breath into man. Which means your vision will not magically just appear. You have to work it you but you must see it first once you see it begin to walk towards it because once you see it in your imagination it already exists it is already there waiting for you that's why some people say what you are seeking is already seeking you hallelujah praise god that's about how much we can do today please remember uh we are giving money to the um, relief uh um, activity going on in turkey those who have been affected by the earthquake my guys may have played the video uh, I think you, you must have watched the video before at the beginning of service. They they might also play it at the end of service, or place whatever God is laying in your heart, do give something. By the end of this month, we want to send some money out uh, to them uh through to the our, our partner charity. So pray about it and give as the Lord's place in your heart. No compulsion, nobody's pushing you to do anything. If you don't feel like giving, don't give. All right. If you feel like giving, give and the Lord bless you, giving in jesus name father we just want to thank you thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your loving kindness we declare that it's a great day it's a wonderful day we declare almighty god that your children will live here oh god carrying the consciousness of the fact that it is important to be diligent thank you heavenly father this thing with joseph Prosper in everything that he did with his hands. He did everything he did, he prospered. Father, therefore, you expect us to be a doer. Lord, therefore, I pray all of your children who don't, who don't have a job today. That job will be made manifest to them. As they go out and begin to search for work. They will get a profitable job in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for those Almighty God who have jobs or who have got businesses. I pray Almighty expansion over their businesses. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, almighty God, even for this church, that this gospel will reach to the ends of the earth in the name of Jesus Christ, setting people free and glorifying the name of God. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. All right, until next week, remember, you are blessed and highly favored.
1: Thank you for your time and for spending part of your weekend with us. We appreciate the time you have taken to worship with us today, both our first-timers and members. This February, we are currently on the Self Leadership Series, so join us every Sunday by 8 a.m. UK time and be blessed. Our weekly Bible Hangout holds on Wednesdays by 6 p.m. UK time and Saturday morning prayers by 6 a.m. UK time on Zoom. Every first Wednesday of the month, we hold our Practicalities of Grace program. This program answers questions from the point of view of grace and our identity in Christ. What questions do you need answers to? You can send them to the live chat on the website www.thelighthouse.org or you can send an email to lightasthelighthouse.org. For love offering, you can give via PayPal by scanning the QR code on the screen or by making a bank transfer to 05641897, subcode 05641897. 087199 Cash Plus Bank. The details is also on the screen. Would you like us to pray with you? Please click on the link that pops up in the live chat, then fill the form, or you can visit our website www.thelighthouse.org to fill the request form. You can now have a private session with Pastor Davies on Currently. Visit the link in the website or in the discussion box and follow the instructions to book the session. Stay connected with us across the social media platforms on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All you have to do is type in the usernames being displayed on the screen and then click on follow. Throughout this week, remember, the Lord has promised us stability and prosperity. Until next time, remain your identity in Christ.